Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to continue our exploration into the Catholic faith and and the many reflections that come out from the Catholic faith. Now, as you know, if you are a faithful listener, each and every Friday, I typically respond to a question with some sort of musing from this past week. And this evening, the question I respond to and my musing are really uh, interrelated. Now, the question I would like to respond to this evening might come to you as a surprise, but my answer to the question really is less an answer and more of a reflection. Over recent weeks and, and really months, having a background in basketball, I have been asked on more than one occasion, Joe, who do you think is the best basketball player to ever play the game? Certainly here in the United States and throughout the world, there are many discussions being had about who is the greatest basketball player of all time, what we typically call the GOAT, right? The acronym greatest of all time. And yeah, I mean, be assured as a big basketball fan growing up, I have been intrigued by the arguments being made for each player in consideration. You know, is it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar whose dominance spanned two decades? Is it Magic Johnson who won five championships and really revolutionized the point guard position? Is it LeBron James, who has won three championships and appears to be a more physical and athletic version of, say, a Magic Johnson? Or is it Michael Jordan, whose athletic greatness and unmatched will to win led to six championships? Such questions and and debate, no doubt, are good fodder for your local barbershop debate. But for me, this whole discussion about the GOAT in basketball has led me to ask another question. What did Jesus say about being great? So I have been asked a question, and I raise your finite, although fun, question with an infinitely more important question. What did Jesus say about being great? We read in the Gospel of Matthew, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So, we have this question before us. How do we become great in the spiritual life? Well, quite simply, Be like a child in our dependence upon God for all things and live with simplicity. Essentially, my friends, we begin the process of becoming great when we reach out to God just like Jesus reached out to God the Father on the cross with arms raised up. Jesus is the greatest of the great, the goat of all goats, because he shows us what it means to be great how to live out our divine sonship on the cross. 
incidentally, many discussions on greatness focus on what but the doing as opposed to the being, more precisely, our being in God. Many discussions on greatness come up short because why? Well, we are not human doings, but human beings. What we do is only as good as who we are. I might suggest to you that the identity crisis in American popular culture is that we measure ourselves against how much we can accomplish as opposed to who we are in God. Once we discover, my friends, that true greatness is nothing more than the outgrowth of our littleness in God, being like a child, our doing will be what it needs to be because we have placed ourselves along the path of quite simply, my friends, becoming more in God. So next time we find ourselves in a discussion on the goat in basketball or in any other sport or genre, let us always remember there is another conversation to be had on greatness, a conversation that concerns our salvation, the conversation that starts with the question, what did Jesus say about being great? Be little, be the least, be humble. This is excellence. The Greek word for excellence, arete, is moral strength. We find our moral strength in being little. All right, now, all of this discussion on greatness and who we might look up to leads me to my really principal musing for the evening, a musing on what it means to be mm, captivated. Captivated. So, Permit me to ask you a question. Who is your idol? Most of us, if not all of us, have someone we idolize, or at the very least, someone we hold in high regard for what they do or, or maybe how they entertain us. Whether it is an athlete, an actor, actress, musician, comedian, or so on, we all tend to revere at least one person with higher esteem than others. Maybe for the sake of our spiritual exercise this evening, we ought to take a moment to consider who that one person is for you and why. So give yourself a few seconds to do that. Who is that one person who you most look up to and ask yourself the simple question, why? Why do you look up to this person? After careful consideration into who that might be, imagine if that one person were to walk into the room you were in right now. Hmm. Take a mental snapshot of how that might unfold for you and ask yourself a couple of questions. We're asking a lot of questions this evening, huh? <laughs> how would you react? Would you just carry on with? business as usual, or be mesmerized by the sheer presence of that one person. If you were anything like me, you would probably be awestruck by your idol's presence and enraptured by whatever he or she had to say, no doubt. Now, <laughs> permit me to ask you a few more questions. If Jesus walked into your presence, would he hold your interest? 
would he hold your attention in the same way as that one person that you were thinking about? Would you find yourself going out of your way to hear what what he had to say, like you might your idol? In short, my friends, would you be captivated by him? In a manner of speaking, the answer to these questions really lie underneath the same reason why we are enthralled by our favorite stars. We spend time with them. What do I mean? If you are someone who, say, idolizes Denzel Washington, you do so because of his quality acting, acting that you are familiar with because you have watched many of his films, films you have spent time with. In a similar way, the more time you spend with sacred scripture, the the writings of the church fathers and saints, and above all else, the blessed sacrament, the more captivated you will be by the person and presence of Jesus Christ. Certainly, I am aware of how screens, just not television screens, but in today's age, 2020, more generally, screens have a way of making nostalgic our fondness over our favorite stars. But brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to remember that Jesus does one better than any screen. In the Blessed Sacrament, reposed in the tabernacle more than just another boxed screen per se, he is actually present. And I suggest to you, our presence before him leads to a more, leads to more than a nostalgic fondness, but a longing and desire to remain in his presence. Here, I can only at best quote J.R.R. Tolkien who once said, I put before you the one great thing to love on earth, the blessed sacrament. There you will find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all your loves. I love that quote from Tolkien. So are you captivated by Jesus as much as you are captivated by your favorite star? Do you spend time getting to know Jesus Christ in the sacramental life of the church and through prayer? These are questions that God asks from us. Because, my dear friends, God is captivated by you. Have we ever thought about that? That just as we are captivated by those people we idolize and admire, And so much more is God captivated by you. You take God's breath away. I mean, think about that. That you take God's breath away. That's how much God is in love with you. That's how much you hold God's attention. And that, my friends, is what we ought to be thinking about this evening. Why? Because when it is all said and done, as we talk about greatness, as we talk about admiration, what God desires is that you desire God as much as God desires you. That mutual reciprocity, he and me, I and him. Amen, 
Amen. All right, let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you special thanks and praise for the gift of another evening, the gift to just be able to reflect in, into not only the richness of your word, but how your word calls us to become the better version of who we are, the best version of who we are, that we might glorify God in all that we do, that we might become, as St. Elizabeth of the Trinity once said, the praise and glory of God. And we can do this in your name, in your grace, in your gift. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.